I'm going to turn around and he seems to be celebrating your goal. Alan is meant to be the difference in the Champions League. You know, they want one when it's a tight semi-final. He'll score one in a tight semi-final too. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Festival coverage on Off The Ball. With Boyle Sports. Epic. Cheltenham. 18 plus gamble responsibly. See gamblingcare.ie. Delighted to say we're joined now from Cheltenham to look back on today's action with John Duggan. John, how are you getting on? Well, good evening to you. One of those days where maybe the bookmakers get a little bit of relief after some short favourites over the last couple of days. And particularly in the stairs, we had a big shock with Sarah de Burle. Yeah, no favourites won today, Will. And the shortest price was six and a half to one. And it was a 33 to one outsider, Sarah de Burle, who had 11 years of age, won the stairs hurdle, had won at the festival twice before and had been unlucky maybe not to win the stairs. Uh, and maybe you'd think his chance has gone at that age. But Mark Walsh, the Kildare jockey, gave him a great spin in the really testing ground here was very clever in terms of his tactics and just collared Dashiell Drasher up the hill to win and then Teal Poo just couldn't get there. So Sarah de Burley in the colours of J.P. McManus were uh, trained by Gordon Elliott in County Meath and uh, an Irish win, one of five we had today and now 15 for the week. We've won the Pressbury Cup well with a day to go. Yeah. <laughs> before, yeah, even before Gold Cup Day, it's over. And it continues that that dominance, John, over the last six or seven years that Ireland have had. And like going into this festival, I know um, even listening to some of the English pundits on day one, they were entirely pessimistic. They were expecting this to be a complete Irish washout for the week. It's almost like when we talk about the rugby, it was like the spirit of the English was broken before it even started this week. Yes, and that's a trend well over many, many years. And I think they need to stop talking about the Presbury Cup. I don't think the people here really care if it's an Irish or English thing. So I just think that English racing, you know, is kind of flogging itself a bit by promoting this in this way. Um, Ireland has always been a part of Cheltenham. Um, for many decades, we were the underdog, but we were an, an underdog country as a whole. We didn't have a really good economy for such a long time. But now we do have a good economy for the last 20, 30 years. We're keeping our horses in Ireland. It's obviously in our blood. And I just think that the English uh, racing authorities maybe they just have changed their thinking around prize money, around attracting new owners, maybe about the competitiveness of their racing. And hopefully they can do that. And um, if they can do that, then we can have a, a proper rivalry because you don't want to see 20 plus Irish winners here every year because then it could just becomes a very strange event. Yeah, it takes away some of the fun too. I mean, you want this to be as competitive as possible. This is the showpiece. They call Cheltenham the week, the Olympics of jump racing. And there's even, you see some English fans who at this point, John, are nearly more interested in coming across the channel to watch the racing here. And they've been talking about the experience of coming to the Dublin Racing Festival or maybe coming to some of the Christmas festivals here. I don't know if that's a case of Cheltenham losing a little bit of the sheen as well. Um, well, I think that's because they like to see the good horses. And obviously, if most of the good horses are, are running uh, from Ireland, if you're a racing fan, also as well, like it's it's very competitive pricing-wise, whereas the pricing here is is challenging. Uh, whereas if you want to go to Leperstown or Punchestown, like in good weather at the end of April, racing starting like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, um, you can have a lie-in, you can have a few drinks and mace that night. Pricing's competitive, a band plays. Here, it's a big beast. Like here, we're talking about 60,000 people and it's it's busy whereas Punchdown were relaxed and you can understand why people come over from the UK if they're racing purists mm. um, but I don't, I don't think they should be pushing this uh, press break up too much uh, unless it, it begins to swing back and hopefully it will swing back yeah, uh, we were having chat earlier about the Ryanair chase uh, within the office while well, we flicked it on and we're just thinking what a week this is proving again to be for Henry de Bromhead and for Rachel Blackmore. They've had a couple of very successive festivals coming into this year, but that's now three winners up for Henry de Bromhead this week. 
And his form going into the festival was pretty quiet, to be honest. I remember he had a couple of winners at Goran Park last Saturday, which I noticed. And the training performance to bring Envoy Allen back to life to win at Cheltenham was unbelievable, really. This horse has had so many training problems. He was moved out of Gordon Elliott's yard. At the King George at Christmas, he ran no sort of race whatsoever. But I think what, what is important for any horse is the conditions. And the rain was coming again this morning. And that brought Envo Allen into play in terms of being a contender for this race. And I think you need to be front running often in these kind of chases. As Stage Star showed in the opening race, the Turner's Novices chase. And Rachel Blackmore is a very good front running rider. And Shishkin, the uh, favourite, made a lot of mistakes particularly three from home and just couldn't get there and Envo Allen has now won three times at the festival hard to believe because it's been so long but he like like Sarda Burley a three time winner at Cheltenham Yeah and that just goes to show and you've been talking about this all week how important course form is even if we're talking about the soft ground and other factors course form still proves to be incredibly important Absolutely and you could see that in, in the performances of those horses like Mighty Potter blew out in the first race he ran poorly at the festival last year he was unbeatable in Ireland in the winter, but returns to Cheltenham and then disappoints. That's what sometimes can be the case. Then again, good time Johnny, who won the second race, the Pertemps Handicap Hurdle, has run poorly at Cheltenham before. Tony Martin has said in the past that he didn't think the course suited him, but he got his horse in form. But yeah, if you're looking at tomorrow and the Gold Cup at Plutar, who's attracted a lot of money this evening, and a lot of the newspaper tipsters are tipping at Plutar, the Rachel Blackmore factor, that horse is coming from like about 10 to 1 into 4 to 1 in the last day. And I think this could be a very popular pick, given the way Henry has been able to throw out, you know, bring these horses to the boil again that have disappointed in the past, as Envo Allen did at Christmas and as a Plutar did in a Haydock before Christmas. And we haven't seen him since. Yeah, very special day for Liam McKenna, first Cheltenham Festival winner. Uh, let's hear from Liam McKenna now after Good Time Johnny's win. Liam McKenna. Your Cheltenham Festival winning jockey, that must be some buzz. Yeah, listen, it's great. Um, obviously, I want to thank the owners for, for giving me the opportunity and, and Tony as well. Uh, yeah, to get a Cheltenham winner now, it's, 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 it's as good as it gets. What was the feeling like during the race? Because you came from behind. Not a great feeling through the race. I was, I was never, never happy, never where I wanted to be and never actually travelling, uh, which isn't really like him because in Leperstown he travelled great. Uh, but as I say, I was riding for prize money to the last. Um, um, when I knew I had a chance going to the last, then it kicked on and it was going to take a fair horse to, to outstay him. They've got great owners, isn't it? The Irish Rover lads, uh, Aidan Redshields and Niall Riley and Charlie. Yeah, they're mad fellas. If you ever see the videos of them on uh, Facebook after the Melbourne Cup and that, yeah, they're, they're great owners to have. Love the sport. You're getting into this game. You're the Galway Hurdle winner last year. That was some buzz, but I'm sure this even tops that. Yeah, it does. It's as good as if it's always the cream of the crop during the summer. Um, fast two-mile run race, and today's the complete opposite. But no, they're two great wins to, to get. You're from Tyrone. Uh, what are you doing during the week? You're riding now for Tony. You're doing it for Colin Murphy, I believe, as well. Yeah, I'm in with Tony uh, three days a week, and in with Colin Murphy two days. Uh, love what I'm doing at the minute. I'm riding for two extraordinary trainers, and when I have the ammunition, you know, they're, they're as good as they get, so... Um, yeah, delighted to be right now for, for them too. You're Conor McKenna's cousin. I expect now you'll be getting some well wishes and some texts from Conor and WhatsApp. I will. Conor's obsessed with his racing and unfortunately his horse couldn't run tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, he'll be, he'll be out in Australia watching, I'm sure.
Yeah, good sporting family there, Conor McKenna, I'm sure, was uh, watching from Australia in the early hours of the morning. Uh, we can hear from a jet-setting uh, group around this horse. Uh, good time, Johnny, uh, the winner of the Pretemps today. We can hear now from Aidan Red Shields, Charlie Gavigan and Niall Riley, all uh, based in New York. They spoke to John after the race as well. Aidan, Niall and Charlie, your owner of a Cheltenham winner. How good is that? Unbelievable. Ten years ago, we won here. 2013 on the Thursday. Lucky omen, and we knew we were going to go in again today. You've come in from New York? Yeah, came in <coughs> Tuesday. Oh, got here this morning. Tony told us this horse is right. And he was right. And the Irish Rover Pub, is that the pub? Irish Rover Pub, I'd say right now it's going to be off the wall over there right now. And when we get back in a couple of days, it's going to be a worse. So, what can I tell you? We, we, we're, we're here to party and we're going back to party with the other lads as well. How long has he been living over there? Oh, 38 years I've uh, been living over there. Uh, the horses we loved before we left, we didn't have the price to go to a racetrack. Lucky enough, went to America and things worked out and we could buy a few horses. So it was always a passion of ours. And listen, we've been very, very lucky. We've been very lucky, lucky owners. And long may I continue. And you've also had a Melbourne Cup second. Yeah, a few years ago, we were very lucky then as well. We've been lucky, and this is a very lucky horse. This is, he's a great little horse, gives everything every day. And you've seen it coming up that hill. He just powered it. Where did he come from? Last. To Last first. to first, forget about yeah, it. There's great. nothing like Chatham, lads, is there? Nothing, nothing, nothing. We won here 10 years ago, and I thought I'd never stand in front of that number one again. I just said it to Charlie when we were coming over. <laughs> in my lifetime, will we ever get there? Well, here we are. Yeah. John, I think that probably sums up. Uh, we've been hearing from plenty. We'll hear from another uh, first-time winner at the festival in But what it means to people to go to Cheltenham and get a winner is very clear in the voice of the three boys there after the race. Well, home might be New York and Winnie might be in England, but the heart is Irish. And it's very much a, a feeling of home almost, even though they're not home uh, when I spoke to those lads. I met those lads at the Breeders' Cup. I went over in uh, November to Kentucky. And I met them by chance, had a few drinks with them. And they're great lads, really sound people. I remember they, uh, on the second day of the Breeders' Cup, in the very first race, they said, uh, if this thing doesn't win, we're all just getting back to New York now. We're leaving after the first race. And the horse bolted up and won. So they're they're good crack. They're good characters. And uh, yeah, Beneficent was the horse 10 years ago. And good time, Johnny. Great story for Tony Martin. Hasn't had a winner's here since 2015, the trainer from Meath. So uh, Harvey is his nicknamed, yeah. Another Harvey, Ben Harvey, we'll talk about now because I'd imagine some of the best enjoyment that you get, uh, John, when you go over, you know, 20 plus years going to Cheltenham now, is speaking to these people who go across and get the big win at Cheltenham. It's been a great week for it as well with some of the people you've bumped into. Well, it's interesting, Will, that you say that because there have been eight different Irish trainers that have had winners this week, which is brilliant, out of the 15, 11 different jockeys and six of them their first festival winners. So Ben Harvey, as I mentioned there, John Gleeson, the Leaving Cert student, Michael O'Sullivan, um, the new core kid on the block, who were a couple of winners. Liam McKenna, as we just heard from there. Pa King, who won the last race uh, today on Sam Curling's horse. That was in the Kim Muir Angels Dawn. And Dara O'Keefe from Dunna Rail. So the future is bright for all these lads. But also, there are hard luck stories. It doesn't all just completely brilliant news. Barry O'Neill was beaten on Stumptown by that much, like nothing. And that's the second year in a row he's been chinned and he's never had a festival winner and he's one of our biggest point-to-point jockeys. Let's hear then from Ben Harvey who spoke to John a little bit earlier today. Ben Harvey, Cheltenham Festival winner, congratulations. How does that feel? 
Uh, it's an amazing feeling really to come here and uh, get a spin round like I just did on set and I can't quite believe it now. It's a real dream come true. How did you feel this morning? I was looking forward to today, uh, a little bit deflated after yesterday, but uh, I thought I had some nice chances coming here today. I was worried about the ground, but um, once I jumped off on that horse, all my worries were gone, really. I jumped and travelled and uh, did everything you want horse to do and you know, put the race to bed very easily in the end. What's going through your mind when that's all happening for you? Uh, hold on to him as long as I can, don't kick. What's your background in the game? You're a dub. That's unusual for a jockey to be a dub. Yeah, yeah, there's not too many of us now. Um, come from a horsey background, parents, grandparents, all into horses, aunties, uncles, and uh, you know they've given me every opportunity I needed growing up with ponies and that, and can't thank them enough. And you know I went to John when I was 14, and he's only 10 minutes down the road from me, and you know he's given me great support, and I can't thank him enough. And what gives you the confidence to come here and do the job you did today? Is it just working every day, working out these horses, riding at the tracks? Well, I suppose you just treat it like every other day, you know. It's it's a race at the end of the day and you have to do what you do a couple of days a week, every week. And, you know, you, there's no point overcomplicating it. How did you feel maybe two fences a fence from home? Were you aware of what was going on around you? Not really. I was just hoping I had enough horse left to get me up the hill. Um, but I was, I was happy with uh, how I was going. How are you going to celebrate this? Uh, two rides tomorrow, so I'll go home and get a bit of dinner and a good night's sleep. Then this weekend? This weekend we're racing in Turles, so I'm off Sunday, so I'll do something Saturday night, definitely. There you go. The nature of every jockey, it's about the next race meeting. It's sometimes they're less glamorous <laughs> than being a gentleman when you're going, well, actually, I'm booked for a few rides on Saturday, so I've got to make sure I don't go too uh, hard on the celebrations over the next couple of days. Tomorrow's Gold Cup day, John. It's all about the big race of the week, which is the Blue Ribbon of the week, which is the Gold Cup itself. Um, what's your feeling ahead of tomorrow's big race? Uh, well, first of all, the ground here, Will, has been pretty soft. And Chatham does dry out quickly, but showers expected maybe tomorrow afternoon. But you'd hope that the ground might dry out a bit um, because you don't want it to turn into a slog. The kind of the, the thinking about the Gold Cup, Will, is kind of divided into two theories. So there's the, the classy horses and then there's the stairs. It's three and a quarter miles, 22 fences. So classy horses often win over three miles, but that extra quarter mile in a punishing hill at Cheltenham sometimes can bring the stairs into play. The class horse of the race is Galopon des Chances, right? I think they're very confident, the Mullins team, that this horse wins. If he doesn't win, I think they'll be very disappointed. So what about this horse? He's won at the festival before, over two and a half miles. He had the race at his mercy last year in a chase, but fell at the last, just kind of, it was it was almost a strange fall. It just kind of slithered on landing. Um, this season, he's been brilliant. He won the John Durkin chase, the punches ten before Christmas, over two and a half. Then he won uh, the Gold Cup, the Irish Gold Cup, over three miles. And what was, um, I suppose, appealing about his last run is that he can be quite an exuberant horse, but he's relaxed a bit more into himself this year. And... Um, he's he's racing a bit more lazily, so it means that he's not using energy as much as he sh- uh, as as he has been, and that means he's got a bit in the tank. He, he's got a very high cruising speed, and he's also won over three miles over hurdles uh, in his career. So I think William Mullins has got no doubt about the trip. Um, he's a good jumper generally, and if he gets luck in running in a very quality race, I think he's the the most likely winner. Uh, a Plutar if produces last year's performance when he won by fifteen lengths, and he has won on soft ground. He can definitely win this again. Uh, the only thing about it is he's had an interrupted preparation. Manella Indo, Robbie Power has been doing stuff for this week with Ball Sports. Uh, rode Manella Indo this morning. Very happy with the, the work that this horse is doing. Bit of money for him. Winner of the race two years ago. Now 10, 10 years of age. Unlikely to win, I would say, but could reach the frame. So these are the class horses that have won the race. And Galopin de Chance is a big young pretender. The Stairs. We've got the Grand National winner of last year, Noble Yates. 
trained them at Mullins, like just beside Willie's yard down there in Carlo. This horse is definitely improving. He's only eight years of age. He'll be staying on stronger than anybody else if he's there in contention. Staffler, William Mullins, a little bit concerned about the ground for him. You can't forget Conflated, who won two big races at Leperstown in the last couple of years for Gordon Elliott. Brave Band's game is a big English hope. Uh, won the King George Chase Kempton for Paul Nichols at Christmas time. Is a really good jumper and travels well. Will he get the extra quarter mile in the softest ground is the big question. You have a high senior. Don't think he jumps well enough. Um, Protector Ash, don't think he's good enough. Rod Burgay has run in the race, race twice and not done it. Sands Russian could be one of these outsiders that could maybe reach third or fourth in the race. I like this horse. Um, ran well at the course last time and he's won a Kelso over three and a quarter miles which is a very similar track to Cheltenham but to be honest well if Galapon des Champs or a Plutar if, or a Brabant's game I think like I think you're really looking at Galapon des Champs versus a Plutar for this Gold Cup and I think Galapon des Champs is going to do it Alright keep an eye out for the Market Card podcast from John in the morning tips will be up on the Off The Ball website as well and you can catch John no to BM as well John thanks a million Thanks so much, Will. Mind yourself. Festival coverage on Off The Ball. With Boyle Sports. Epic. Cheltenham. 18 plus gamble responsibly. See gamblingcare.ie.